It is, uh, it's good to see you guys this morning. We're glad that you're here to worship with us. Um, gosh, I was going to tell you. Um, we have uh, one of the things I wanted to let you know about. We'll pray here in a second. Uh, one of the things I want to let you know about is uh, we have a retreat uh, coming up at the end of next month, the end of February, which will sneak up on you fast. Uh, I'm telling you, this is church-wide retreat. It's like, this ain't, I'm not talking about the kids here, okay? They, they get to do that stuff all the time. So we're, we're taking it back over, okay? Uh, and uh, we, we're going to, going to Barclay Lodge. We did something similar this last year uh, with some uh, leadership folks and that kind of thing. And uh, everybody, I'll be honest, everybody, everybody loved it so much, they, just, they begged us. They were like, please, for the love of all that is good, you know, can we please do this again? And, you know, and so we said, yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, my, our friend Gary Morgan, uh, who you heard speak uh, several months ago, Gary came and, and preached one Sunday morning with us. If you remember Gary, he's uh, bald-headed, wears glasses, little short guy, uh, awesome dude, awesome dude. He's going to be coming uh, and hanging out with us. And uh, honestly, part of, part of this is even like um, pointing us in the trajectory of, of things that we're feeling led uh, as far as like 24 moving forward. Uh, and us uh, individually growing in our faith, uh, that's, that's, I won't give all of it away, but that's, that's kind of where that's going and that's where that's heading. Please, if you, if you can go, please go. Please come with us. Uh, we'll have a blast. Uh, it's like 99 bucks a person. Uh, that includes your food, your room and board, uh, all that stuff. It'd basically be like a Friday afternoon, early evening through uh, Saturday afternoon. So, it's like 24 hours, uh, but it's 24 hours of goodness. And for those that went last year, uh, then you can testify uh, to the catfish buffet on Friday night. And that, and that alone is worth the price of admission, okay? Uh, so just, just do, what, do whatever you can. Barkley Lodge, Sutton, Kentucky, uh, Land Between the Lakes, all that kind of stuff. So uh, cool, cool joint, cool spot. Uh, we'll have a good time. Please, please go, please go. Uh, sign up. And, and I, I, I don't think I'm even lying when I say this. I, I have a feeling there's probably limited space, mainly because of the number of rooms uh, that we can actually get for people. So, uh, you know, get, go ahead and get in on that. Uh, I'm sure you can sign up online. You can sign up through the app. You can sign up off the website. You can sign up at the front desk. I don't really care. Give you something to do while you're having to listen to me for the next little while, right? Um, and uh, so, yeah, no, we're excited about that. That's going to be good stuff. Uh, um, if you didn't get to look, and I'm sure a lot of you have not gotten to actually look, look, and walk over to see what they've uh, been doing, but uh, the rain has not stopped our construction crew. <laughs> I don't, don't know if you've realized that or not, but they poured the footers this week. Uh, so that's, that's down, and uh, you know we're out here talking Friday afternoon before uh, a bunch of them were taken off, and uh, they even said, uh, you know, yeah, you know, as I said, I told them, I said, our folks are excited, and, and there's a drive right now, if you didn't know that. There's a back to, we're, we're back to having a drive in the front, uh, at least for the moment. I don't know if it'll go away again or what, but uh, it's a gravel drive. It's not technically the same, but it is, has the same entrance. Uh, but um, anyway, you're welcome to use that if you need to. Uh, but uh, as we were talking Friday, uh, I said, you know, man, our folks are getting excited about what's going on. And they said, yeah, they'll be real excited in about three weeks when they see the walls. And I was like, the walls? And they were like, yeah, yeah. I was like, three weeks. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's happening. I was like, oh, cool. So 
they're, they're, they're moving on, uh, which is awesome. So um, thank you. Thank you again to everybody who's involved in this. And, uh, and, and by that, I mean, like, those of you that give, those of you that are, have been praying over this, those of you, you know, all, all the things. Uh, it's exciting, and, uh, and it takes all of us to do it. So uh, just, just cool to get to see it uh, really come to life. Um, we are studying the book of Colossians, and uh, I know that you're thinking about the Titans or whatever, and like whether or not you're going to have wings or uh, somewhat. Let's just go ahead and get it out of the way. What, what are you having for lunch today to watch this game? What are you, what are you going to be snacking on through the game today? Go ahead and tell me. What? What was that one? Guacamole. Okay. All right. What else? What else? What? Chicken wings? Are you? Are you four? What else? What else are we eating today? Come on. Whatever I can find. I like that. It's a man not afraid to dig in the back of the refrigerator right there. That stuff in the bottom of the freezer that's been there for so long, it's got like the buildup of ice around it, you know. You're pulling that out and being like, oh man, I remember when, remember when we, remember when, you know, Johnny killed that deer like 15 years ago. It's, we still got some of that in here, you know. Yeah, I love it. Well, uh, you know, before we get to that today, uh, we've, we've got this little passage that we're studying out of Colossians. That's the second uh, installment of us looking at Colossians, and uh, we'll be studying through Colossians through the whole book. Uh, and, and, oh, and if you haven't got your little book, you know, from the front desk or whatever to take notes in and all that stuff, we've got those available. I don't care if you run out and get one or whatever, but, uh, you know, those, those are there. We'd love for you to have them. They're, I mean, they're like, I don't know, they're like a few bucks or something. I don't even think they're $5, but... Uh, anyway, we'd love for you to be able to have one if that helps you uh, to have something that uh, you can look back at and kind of go back to uh, as time goes on. Uh, we'd love for you to be able to do that. Um, but uh, uh, we'll be doing Colossians and then Philemon uh, just right after that. They kind of they go together, kind of, you know, so, uh, and, and even the little book has, you know, the both things together. And so we just said, hey, let's just go ahead. We'll just go ahead and go through both. Um, I talked a lot last week about Colossians. If you weren't here, I, ch- I called one of our church planners uh, during the message, talked to him. Uh, we prayed with him uh, because this is kind of where you see Paul going in the beginning of the book of Colossians. Is this is this understanding of of he's he's you know speaking to the people at Colossae in this in this new church in this new work, and uh, you know there's there's apparently some thought around uh, and and you know we've 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 got you know one of our. One of our guys here, uh, let's see if I can remember his name or not. You guys remember his name? Epaphras? Yeah. Epaphras, uh, who had uh, been somewhere under Paul's ministry, heard the gospel, felt led to go teach the gospel. I mean, and, and I mean, you got to think about this. I mean, and, and listen, this will tell you a lot about a timeline of like what God can do with somebody. You know, I, I think sometimes we have like pushed people into, and I'm not saying there's, there's no reason to vet people or, you know, kind of get an understanding of where people are and stuff, but uh, I'm, I'm all over the place with my thoughts, but I'm going to land the plane. Just wait with me. Uh, <laughs> is, this, is this thought that like, you know, if you're too young in the faith, you can't do certain things? But I mean, you take somebody like Epaphras, I mean, in general, I mean, we're talking very short amount of time here that the gospel 
has, has really started to be heard uh, from people like Paul. And, and I mean, you know, he, he apparently hears the gospel and just turns around and is like, I got I to gotta go and teach that junk myself. And he's gone. And next thing you know, he's got him a church in Colossae. Well, he comes back, hangs out with Paul. And in the midst of hanging out with Paul, he's like telling of the things that are going on at the new church in Colossae. And one of those things apparently is that there's some folks that are kind of, you know, uh, teaching some, some not so good stuff. And not necessarily maybe even in the church as much as like people within the church finding mysticism, spiritual knowledge, you know, whatever you want to call it, mumbo jumbo kind of stuff, you know, outside of that. And, and they're kind of, and some of them are kind of getting drawn to that. And so, you know, Paul becomes very concerned about this, and Epaphras is, is very concerned, which is why he brings it up to Paul. And so a lot of the letter, a lot of this letter that we have known as the book of Colossians to us in Scripture that was written to them at Colossae was written because of that reason. And so a lot of what he's doing is he's trying to build this super foundation of the gospel, of Jesus, who he is, how important everything it is that everything is built around him. And so that's what you've got with the book of Colossians. So I, I can't go back and regurgitate everything from last week, but you can go back and listen to messages if you weren't here or whatever. Uh, but kind of going from that even into today, uh, Paul is in this framework in the beginning of this letter where really it's kind of, it, it's kind of based in prayer. And uh, you know he, he's, he's thanking them, he's encouraging them, but at the same time he's, he's doing so and saying, you know, I'm praying for you, and here's how I'm praying for you. And I don't, you know, I don't know if you've had anybody, you know, any, any point in your life, hopefully you have at some point in your life, uh, anybody recently maybe come to you and just say, hey, I've been praying for you, and here's what I've been praying for you about. And now I'll just go, go ahead and say, if you don't have anybody that has said anything like that to you in a while, I'm going to say you, you probably need like some more people around you who love you and love Jesus, and like you're pouring into each other, which is discipleship, okay? It's not just, you know, book studies and all this other kind of stuff. Um, and so, you know, that, that's a big deal. And say, oh, Chris, you're just saying that. You're a pastor. You hear that kind of stuff. I'm just telling you, no. Uh, you, I've got guys that can testify to this too, uh, you know. And, and so we need people praying for us. Paul is praying for them, and he is specifically going through the things in which he is praying for them about, and, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but when somebody says something to me and they say, you know, I've been praying about you in this specific way, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty dang meaningful for me, you know, when somebody says something like that to me. Um, and and I, I'm going to venture to say even more so for them, but here's what he's doing. He's not just speaking of what he's praying for them about. He's teaching them. He's teaching them the gospel He's teaching them who Jesus is. He's teaching them and what our faith is all about. Um, and so, you know, you kind of you kind of coming out of really not even out of that a continuation of that uh, within this next section right here um, that we're going to look at. So, if you got your Bible out, we're going to Colossians chapter one, verse eight. If you don't have a Bible, we have ushers who will bring you a Bible. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm catching them off guard. They're like, "What? Oh, yeah, we're at that part." Uh, but uh, Colossians chapter 1, uh, we're going to start with verse 9 today. Uh, Colossians 1 verse 9. Uh, if you need a Bible, just throw your hand up, and uh, you may have the whole room. So you just, just, just walk the whole thing, just, or just throw them like Lambert's. You know, if you need a roll, you know, 
You know what I'm talking about? You've been to Lambert's, you got the roll? Come on. Talk to me about the roll. Colossians 1, um, this passage in and of itself, in fact, I, I, we, don't have, we don't have this maybe uh, in this thing. I'm, I'm actually going to start with verse 8 because I, I, I think it, it's leading into verse 9. Uh, so I'll, we'll leave verse 9 up there, but I'm going to read you verse 8 real fast. Uh, and in verse 8 it says this, it says, had made, "...had made known to us your love in the Spirit." And so uh, this is talking about, this is, this is referring back to Epaphras. This is talking about, you know, Epaphras is with me, and, and Paul sends, these let, sends this letter back with him uh, for the church to read and study on and all these things. And so, there, you know, some of this is Paul, like, you know, Paul saying to that church, hey, Epaphras is my boy. I, I'm giving him a shout-out right now. He has my blessing. He has my stamp of approval. And, and I mentioned this last week, but you got to understand something, like especially for those people at that point in time, Paul, Paul was the deal. I mean, like Paul was the guy. Like they, they didn't just know about Paul as being somebody who taught the gospel. They knew about Paul as being the guy that God reached down into creation and blinded him on the road of Damascus and completely changed his life and changed him from being a Christian killer to being a gospel giver, I just made that up, by the way. Uh, <laughs> pretty proud of that. Yeah, hashtag that or something. I don't know. That won't happen again today. I can guarantee you. Uh, but uh, but no, you know, I mean, we've got so so. I mean, like they thought Paul was just amazing, right? I mean, they just thought Paul was amazing, and so because they're like, oh my gosh, it's Paul. You know, God God really really wants to use Paul. Like, we really got to listen to Paul. He's really had like this personal you know, thing or whatever. And so, um, so when Paul is saying this, he's like, Epaphras is, is my guy. You need to listen to him. Listen to what he's teaching you. Listen to what I'm teaching you now. But then he goes on and, he, and he's saying, and before that even, he says, you know, he's a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. Again, this is seven and eight, right? Before this. And so he, he's, he's saying, I'm hearing of what God is doing in the midst of this body of believers, and I am encouraged. And specifically, he's saying, I am encouraged by your love in the Spirit. So there's a lot of stuff we covered last week. Again, we don't have time for all that kind of stuff, but uh, I want to kind of give a little bit of a base uh, because I think that that leads into what we're, what we're studying today. In fact, let's, let's just read verse, verse 9 here, and it says, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Let's, let's go ahead and we'll read through and then we're going to come back here. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, so as to, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, sorry, this is why I don't read from little things. Um, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, 
the forgiveness of sins. I mean, this is a, this is a fantastic passage. This is a fantastic passage. We could skip the game today and just do nothing but this passage. I mean, it's, it's got so much for us. That didn't even get a laugh. You're like, don't even mess with us about this, right? All right. So verse 9, we go back to verse 9. It says, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and the spiritual wisdom and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So this is Paul, again, he's kicking off of what he just talked about. And I've heard of the love that you have had through the Spirit. He's saying, you know, I've heard, heard of what God is doing in you and through you, and I'm excited about it. And then he's piggybacking on that and saying, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. So he's saying from the moment, from the very moment that we heard of what God was doing in you, we have not stopped praying for you. I think that we super, super, super discount the power of prayer. And, 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 you can, and we can get all, you know, well, God's got a plan, and I'm totally with that. But obviously, part of God's plan is, is that we would seek Him, that we would pray, that we would talk with Him, that we would have a real relationship with Him. You know, I mean, it's easy to say that. It's a whole other thing to do that. My, my days... I just, I'll just speak from my own experience. My days are so much better when I am praying. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just a complete, completely different day. Bad things can happen to me on a day when, I'm, when, I've been, when I've been conversing and talking with the Lord throughout the day, riding down the road, whatever, keep my eyes open, don't worry. Uh, you know, and, and, and you know, just whatever, and just, and just talking and just sharing with God and praying for people and praying for our church and just praying... And, and, you know, something will come along and, you know, it's like, oh, it's a terrible thing. Oh, well, okay, too bad, you know, go on. Doesn't, doesn't affect me like the days when those, day, those other days, and there's probably more of those other days, when that day is all about me. It's all about Chris, about what Chris wants, about what Chris has got to get done, uh, you know, all, all of that kind of stuff. And I'm looking at this, and I'm seeing Paul say, we have not ceased to pray for you. We have not stopped praying for you. What, what an amazing testimony that is. Like what, what can, who can, who and what can we say that about? What can we not stop praying about? I mean, there's, there's lots of things. I mean, obviously I'm not, uh, I'm, just, I'm just throwing the question out there and I'm gonna let you fill in the blank. You know, to what, what's God leading you to bring to him, to lay at his feet, to ask him to do a work in scripture scripture teaches us that he loves for us to pray for things in accordance to his will your will be done your will be done i mean that's that's like the basis of the lord's prayer your will be done that's that's a big statement for us though because for us to say that statement and mean that statement means that we're putting it we're putting it in god's hands we're like god whatever you want to do, you know? Like, we'll hang out with a friend and be like, whatever you want to do, man, you know? And, and, and we'll be, you know, we're going to go somewhere. We're going to, what are we going to eat? Oh, man, whatever you want to do. That's a dangerous statement. Somebody take you to a nasty restaurant, right? 
Nobody wants to eat no nasty restaurant, right? Talk to me. We had the best catfish you could put in your mouth this week, didn't we? Testify to it. Come on. You can ask me later where. I won't try to do that on stage. But you know, I think for us just to get to that place where we are with the Lord and saying, whatever you want to do. We have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So I want you, I want you to pay close attention because I just, I just gave you a little backstory about Paul and where he's coming from when he's writing this letter to the church of Colossae. And the whole, like, you know, they're, hear, they're hearing and kind of falling into other beliefs and other belief systems and other false gospel, you know, false gospel things or whatever. We don't, we don't even know because it ne- it's never actually talked about exactly what it is that they're kind of going off the rails on. But we know enough to know that there's something. And then in the midst of this, Paul is, is, is teaching them and he's talking about praying for them. But he's, he's saying, I'm praying for you specifically in these ways. And that's kind of that's where this passage goes today. And I want you to see what it is. I'm asking that you may be filled with what? The knowledge of what? His will for what? In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. You see what Paul's doing right here, right? You see that Paul is taking this second to say to these people, I'm praying for you, but I'm I'm praying for you specifically that you would understand God's will and his wisdom and have understanding of it. In other words, he's saying, I'm praying that you will, I'm praying that you will follow him and believe in him and what he has for you and not believe some mumbo jumbo. That's what Paul's doing. He's trying to protect the church. His concern that their knowledge from false prophets, it's this whole leading back to what he's saying. I, I heard about what God was doing that he's working in the working of the Spirit within you, verse 8, right? It's like, I heard of this. I'm excited about this. And I'm praying furthermore that you would dive even deeper into knowing who God is. Verse 10, it goes on. It says this, so, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Let's read it again. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him. I don't know about you, but like that statement is like, that sounds like 10,000 tons on you right there, right? It's like, oh man. Walk in a manner worthy of the of the Lord. Oh my gosh, I don't I don't know if I can do that. You know, I'm I, I still struggle. I'm still struggling with this or that or whatever it is. And and first of all, you know, this idea of a walk, a walk to walk, is this Jewish metaphor for conduct. So it's talk. It is talking about what we think it's talking about. It's not you know. You should just go walking a whole lot and be one of those mall walkers. Remember when the mall walkers were a big thing? Is that still a thing? Is there still a lot of mall walkers going on in, in the malls? Any, anybody here mall walking these days? Just We got one. We couldn't tell. And uh, <laughs> that, was, that was just too easy. You walked into that. Why'd you do that? You know, you know my tendency to make fun of people. Uh, don't give me chances to do that. Uh, you know, so, yeah. 
So this idea of a walk is this like, you know, who we are and, and, and how we conduct ourselves in, in our, you know, daily. And, and, so, and so here we've got Paul. So as to walk, and again, this is part of this prayer, you know, just coming out of, you know, that you be filled with knowledge of, of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk. So this is a, these are building blocks. I want you to see as we're walking through this passage today, these are building blocks that are leading us to something. I'm not going to give away what yet. And, it, and it's these building blocks that are leading us to, you know, filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. So in other words, we'll be able to do that after we have an understanding of who God is, but not before, you know, and I, th- I think that makes sense to us today. Like, how in the world are we supposed to please God? How in the world are we supposed to walk in his ways if we don't know who he is? And, and here's the problem with this for so many of us that I think we don't realize how this bites us in the, you know what, you know, is, is this understanding that for us as believers, we need to continually be growing in Christ. If we stop growing in Christ, chances are our walk is going to start to be kind of like a, one of those paths at Opryland Hotel that leads you to somewhere where you're like, well, how did we end up in an elevator surrounded by trees? You know, you know what I'm talking about? And it's like, you know, I've been there 10,000 times. Used to play hide and go seek as kids there. We'd go on Sunday night after church, all the teenagers, we'd just like roll up in the backs of pickup trucks. That's jolting stuff right there, you know? And we go play hide-and-go-seek in Opryland Hotel. I'm not kidding you. I remember laying down the backs of pickup trucks, riding down 24. Don't do that, kids. <laughs> Matt Marcus has looked up the laws. It is not legal. And that's a true statement, too. That was all true. Everything I just said is true. You're probably sitting there going, I wonder how much of this stuff he really says is true. Pretty much all of it. Pretty much. Uh, This whole thing, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, what's that look like? Here's what it looks like. It's it's leading. It's leading. Where's it go? From there, where's it go? Bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So, for us to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, we, we just got the definition of even what that looks like, that we're bearing fruit in every good work and increasing the knowledge of God. If this is real for us, if our relationship with Jesus is real, and it's not some put on, just go to church thing because that's what we're supposed to do and we live in the South, then out of that comes fruit. People around us know about Jesus. Now, I, I didn't say you had to be able to spit all the complete doctrine of the Trinity to them, although it's great if you can, and I love the doctrine of the Trinity. But for us to be light into this world, to have an effect, for us to bear fruit, for people around us to have a better understanding, for people around us to be loved. We studied that last week. What was he? One of the things that he was talking about was that, was that, was that they were doing a great job at loving others, right? That's, that's bearing fruit. And, and the truth is, 
is that when our life is about us, we don't do a good job about loving others. We do a good job of loving us. And so when something happens, we're all like flustered. You know, what am I going to do, you know? And it's amazing how on days when we're in sync with the Lord and we're following Him and we've been, you know, growing in knowledge of Him and bearing fruit for Him when those moments happen, we're like, oh man, here's, a, here's an opportunity. Here's an opportunity for me to love on somebody instead of going, oh, well, my day's ruined. God's put this person in front of me right now. What, what am I supposed to do with that? So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Paul had been a rabbi at one point, And his call to believers in their walk is, is actually very, this is just a little historical thing to kind of show what this really meant to the church at Colossae at that moment in time. As they're hearing this, they're hearing part of the things that they had heard uh, from uh, Judaism, they they you know they they are you know kind of coming back to that, and so Paul is taking something that they're familiar with, and he's flipping it on its head, and he and he's saying no no don't walk in according to those laws, walk in a manner that is pleasing to Jesus, and so th- this I got to tell you this is rocking their world, like I'm sure as they're hearing this they're like I'm sure they're like. Uh, hit rewind. I want to hear that again. Hit rewind. I want to hear it again. I want to hear it again. I want to hear it again. And, and one of the things that we see, I think, in our lives is that as we grow in Christ, bearing fruit, serving Jesus, isn't something that we do because we have to. It isn't something that we begrudgingly do. It's because of what Christ has done for us that leads us to that point of wanting to love others and care for others and be Jesus to others, right? And so as that happens naturally, we bear fruit. And out of that, we actually enjoy it. In fact, let's, let's further go. Verse 11, it says, Being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for endurance and patience with joy. I love this verse. I love this verse. Check out. The first part of it is talking about, like, it sounds like training, you know? May, may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. I mean, who doesn't want some of that? I mean, you know, Paul, would you come pray over us for that, you know? And, but, like, here's the truth is we're a bunch of, we're a bunch of filthy, rotten sinners who, when we see that, we're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll take some of God's power. Yeah, all that. Yeah, all glory, His glorious might and all that. Yeah, I'll take some of that. I Shoot, I'll take that and man, I'll just go out here and just conquer everything, right? That's the way we think about it. But there's a four. See that four? It's right behind the comma. It says, for all endurance and patience with joy. For all endurance and patience with joy. With joy. You see, this is, this is God's strength training, no doubt, okay? You remember, you remember Rocky IV? If you don't, get out, okay? I'm just going to say. Don't say. Just don't say no, okay? If you don't, then just 
pray, pray here in a minute and ask Jesus to become your Savior. Um, Rocky IV, which is not even arguably it's the best Rocky. Let's just go uh, except for maybe the first one, and, and I'll, I'll give you that if you want to say the first one. I'll just say that they tie, and maybe four is a little better. Uh, but you've got, the, you've got this strength training like no other in Rocky IV. Rocky IV, there's no running on the beach scenes and all that kind of stuff. It's just, it's just straight up in the mountains with the snow, a bunch of Russians. I mean, it's just, it's nuts, you know? And, and like, you know, hearts on fires playing in the background. You know that song? Hearts on fire, strong desire. You know what I'm talking about? You guys need to go watch Rocky IV today instead of the Titans game. <laughs> Our team would be better for it. But I mean, like strength training like crazy. And we, and we love that stuff. Like we love Cinderella story. The, the big Russian's probably going to kill him, but then he goes and he trains out in the wilderness and all this stuff, you know, and then he goes and then he fights, right? We, we love that stuff. We love it. And we love the thought that God wants to strengthen us to do things. But, but let's face it, does God ever strengthen us to do things that are easy? I mean, you, you don't train like that for a fight that's easy. I mean, if, if you knew that fight was going to be easy, you wouldn't train that hard for it. You'd be like, well, we'll train a little bit and then go eat some donuts. May you be strengthened with all power. All power. This is you're talking about God's power here, not talking about our power. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. So not, not only may you receive God's power to prepare you to have, and then some people are gonna hate this, to prepare you to have patience and endurance but to have those things with joy. That's, that's the people I want to hang out with right there. I want to hang out with the people who have joy. Don't you? Nobody wants to hang out with Eeyore, you know? And I'm not saying we don't have Eeyore days. We all have Eeyore days, and we need to lift each other up in that. And that's why we need to be in community. That's why we can't do this alone. That's why we're called to be a part of a body. All those things. But for us to understand that what Paul is praying for them and he's trying to help them to see is that there is a work that God wants to do in them as they continue to uh, grow in spiritual wisdom and understanding, that they uh, grow and, and walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. In other words, they're bearing fruit and increasing in the knowledge of God that they are being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the endurance for all endurance and patience with joy. I mean, this is, a, this is a picture for us of what it looks like for us to follow Jesus. I mean, Paul's telling them about his prayer. <laughs> he's telling them about his prayer, but really what he's doing is he's making disciples. God strengthens us for endurance and patience with joy for his glory. Not so we have superpowers and do whatever we want, right? We have to see that. We have to see that. But here's the beauty of it, is that we're in, when we're in the midst of this, and we're following the Lord, and he's doing this kind of work through us, I'm just telling you, 
If you're bearing fruit and you're getting to see God move and He's strengthening you and all these things, I guarantee you that, that there is joy in that for you. You are enjoying that. You are loving that. It is so, listen, that is the best place to be on the face of the planet. It's right in the middle of God's will. And some of you will say, Chris, I don't know what God's will is for my life. Oh, I don't, I don't know what God wants. Listen. Hmm. Seek the Lord. Quit whining and seek the Lord. You say, Chris, that's kind of mean. I, listen, I don't mean it mean. I'm just saying. Seek the Lord. If you seek the Lord, you will find his will. You want to know what God's will is? I'm about to put it on you. You ready? Boom! There it is. God has given us his will. And if we begin to grow in the knowledge of it, grow spiritually, bear fruit, all these things, I mean, out of it is just naturally, he's going to begin to guide us. He's going to put things in front of us. Now, we've got to not be so boneheaded that we don't realize that that's what he's doing. Go, oh, God will, you, God, will you give me an opportunity to minister? Hey, man, I need some help today. You got a minute? No, man, I don't have time for you. I've I got too many things to do. Wake up. Right? So simple. Verse 13. Verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints of light, in light. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. So, Paul is saying, look, Know these things, but know that, know that I'm giving thanks to the Father for what He's doing in you. But He's setting an example. He's setting an example for them also to give thanks to the Father. And He says, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints of light? In light. This, is, this is a huge statement. This is a huge statement. Because at this, at this point... Paul is not just talking to God's people, the Israelites, okay? He's talking to all who believe. All who believe in Him. Gentiles, all these other races. I mean, this is a big deal back then. When, when Paul's writing this, I mean, in, in some ways, this kind of stuff is Paul writing his own death wish. This is, this is Paul writing his own death letter because it's this kind of stuff that's going to get him killed in the end. And they do kill him in the end. He dies a martyr for the gospel. And it's because he is doing things like stepping out and saying that the racial divide is not supposed to be there. That all who believe and trust in Jesus can be a part of the family of God. That he who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. And he's saying, you all get to be a part of the family. You all get to have an inheritance, an equal inheritance. I mean, this is huge. This is huge. And, and, and let, me, let me say this. Let me say this. If you're sitting here today and you ever play this game in your mind where you say something like, I'm not as good as somebody else who is also in the faith because, fill in the blank, I haven't been a Christian as long. I did really bad things in the past. Go check out who Paul really was, if that's your thing, by the way. I mean, come on. And, and here's the thing. God loves you, 
and you have as equal of an inheritance as Billy Graham himself. We get to be part of the family of God. We get to be heirs of the king. The king. You know, like, everybody, everybody's got, like, somebody that makes them funny to be around. Like, if you put this celebrity or something, you know, and somebody's, you know. You know, everybody's got those people that they could be a little funny around. I mean, we're talking about the king. We get to be children of the king. We get to be princes and princesses of the king. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints and light. You see, Jesus has made sinners saints. Let me say that again. Jesus has made sinners saints. I talk a lot about us being sinners. And honestly, sometimes I think to myself, you know, I don't say enough about the fact that, that God has made us saints. At least I don't word it that way. I think it's important for us to understand that, yeah, we're still sinners. Yeah, we still make mistakes. Yes, the blood of Jesus is good enough to cover all those things. At the end of the day, no, we haven't, we're not perfect in how we act all the time or the, in the ways in which we might walk. It may not always be pleasing to the Lord, but, but the beautiful thing is, is that through the blood of Jesus, through the sacrifice in which Christ made on the cross, He put His righteousness on us that when God sees us, He sees Jesus. His holiness. His righteousness. God made us saints for those who have believed in Christ, for those who have been saved in Him. He's made us holy people, belonging to God as His children. God the Father as His children. Verse 13, it goes on, it says, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. I'll say it again. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and has transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. What's that mean? That means we've been rescued. That means we've been rescued. We've been rescued from darkness. We've been rescued from evil. We've been rescued from Satan. And we are now a part of the kingdom of God. Not, not just later. I'm talking about now. We are part of the kingdom of God now. That the work that Jesus has done, isn't, it isn't for like something we put on the shelf and it's going to happen later. It's happening now. Our relationship with Jesus is now. How God is using us in the lives of others is now. That His kingdom is growing is now. You may go, oh, there's so many terrible things in the world. Yeah, there are a bunch of terrible things in the world. You know what? But there's some great, awesome stuff that God's doing too. We've been rescued. I'll read this passage because it just it felt fitting to read it um, to go along with this Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, and it says this. It says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers 
over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, heavenly places. This is a reminder for us that our fight, and as it said, it's not flesh and blood. Our fight is with spiritual things. I think we forget that. I think we forget that. I think we forget. Now, listen, I'm the first to say I don't want to give Satan too much credit because he doesn't have power over a believer, okay? But he can tempt, he can attack. You know, things happen. We, we know that. But the amazing thing is, is that when we see it for what it is, and we see what's going on in our lives, maybe it's somebody at work that we've having a fallen out with, or, you know, whatever it is, I don't know, some family thing, or what, whatever it might be. I'm just saying, these things, there's more to them than what it seems, right? We've got to see that he has a, heart, he has a part often to play in many of those things. And we need to be able to call it out for what it is. Now, that, that, that passage ends with this. Uh, and, and really, I, I kind of want to read the two verses together. I want to start reading verse 13 again. I want to end with 14. It says this. <clears throat> he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. He's rescued us, right? In whom, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Redemption. Redemption. Redemption's a little like a do-over. Redemption's like a second chance. Forgiveness of sins, that's, that's a huge statement. I mean, what, where do we find forgiveness in this world anyway? You know, how often do we see forgiveness amongst people? How often do we see people do one another wrong and then be some willing, you know, party to forgive them. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Let me put it this way. The slate is clean. The slate is clean. All of those things and where we have failed in the past... All of those situations that we start to kind of beat ourselves up a little bit, which God's not interested in us doing, by the way, when we hear things like walk in a manner that's pleasing to the Lord, you know, that kind of stuff, and we go, oh man, well gosh, I have failed God so many times. Guess what? The slate is clean. No wrongs left to be seen. Think about how amazing that is. Such grace. I'll read this passage to you, Ephesians 1, verse 7. And it says this, it says, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace. According to the riches of His grace. Not, not what we can do, okay? It is His grace. Verse 8, Which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will according to His purpose, which He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things to Him, things in heaven and things on earth. Let me read verse 10 again. As a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. God's plan is to make all things new. 
all things new. As Paul is writing this letter to this young church and helping them to have direction in which they go, he's trying to help them to see how it plays out to just simply follow Jesus. To just simply follow Jesus. Um, I wrote some stuff down here. I'm just kind of going back through the verses. I just want to read it real fast. It's like a summary of the verses. And it kind of, this is a little more my words and, and how I see it flowing, starting in just in this passage that we've read today. Filled with the knowledge of his will, growing in godly wisdom and understanding, bringing God joy in the way we go, bearing fruit, increasing in knowledge, giving strength from God to endure with patience and joy, giving thanks to the one who has welcomed us in his family, the one who rescued us from evil to membership in God's kingdom. For by his son, we've been set free, the slate wiped clean, all sin gone. All sin gone. We'll get to that here in a minute. So, Baking is something that God created and we have perfected it in chocolate chip cookies. I say we, not me, but my wife, okay, has perfected it in chocolate chip cookies. I've had some of your wife's chocolate chip cookies. I'm praying for you. Baking is an art. God created it. We've perfected it in chocolate chip cookies. God does a work in us that's a lot like baking. God does a work in us that's a lot like baking. The process that leads us to being cooked for holiness, that's us. We're, we're an ingredient, we're in the ingredients, we're maybe the main ingredient. But, you know, a, along the way, God has to sometimes take the old and mix in some new with it. Mix in some stuff to make it new, you know? That's, that's kind of what God does with us. And so I, I, I took the verses from today... And I just, I wanted you guys to see what I see in this passage of Scripture. And I'll try to post this somewhere online later so that you can write it down or something if, if you don't have time to here in a minute. But if we have the little arrow things that I, I gave you for the screen, that would be awesome. We'll see if it works. Uh, I know they've been working on it anyway. But in this, we see, do we have it? You're working on it. That's fine. If it shows up, great. If not, we're going to keep on. In this, we see this. Learning leads to growth. Growth leads to understanding. Understanding leads to joy. Joy leads to bearing fruit. Bearing fruit leads to more knowledge. Knowledge leads to strength. Strength leads to endurance. 
Endurance leads to patience with joy. We'll go ahead and throw those together. Patience with joy leads to thankfulness. And thankfulness leads to our worship and glorifying God for His grace. That's this passage. My terminology. God's going to make all things new. But the biggest question I can ask you right now is this. Not how much have you gone to church lately and not how much have you done for other people lately. The biggest question I can ask you right now is has God made you new? Has He made you a new creation? Has He saved you from your sin? He's got a plan for you right now. I hope He has. But if He hasn't, why not right now? Why not right now? Why not say yes to Jesus today? Why can't today be the greatest day of your life that you say yes to the Lord and you quit worrying about what everybody else thinks? Maybe you've come to a place where you've realized maybe you just knew a lot about Jesus. I've been there. I did that once upon a time. Thought I was a Christian. Knew, thought I, I did. I knew a lot about Jesus. I grew up in the church. But the truth was that I didn't know Jesus. God made that evident to me. He may be making that evident to you. I'm not trying to cast doubt on your salvation if you're secure in your faith. But if you know without a shadow of a doubt today that you need to follow Jesus and you need to say yes to Him today, let today be the day. Don't get out of here without talking to somebody. Let somebody just pray with you and celebrate that with you. How awesome would that be today? For those of us that are believers, may we be reminded that God is continually trying to cook us for His holiness. He's cooking up holiness. That's what He does. He's making us more like Him every day, if, if we will allow Him to do so, if we will follow Him, if we will seek Him, if we will pursue Him. That's a little bit of what it looks like. May God take us and use us for His glory that people may understand what Paul is trying to get at through the whole first part of the passage that we read last week, that it is all about Jesus and that others might know Him because they know us. Let's pray together. God, You are amazing. We are in awe of Your Word. God, I pray that the Gospel wouldn't just be heard today, but God, I pray that you would work in it and work through it to save those who have never trusted in you before in their lives. God, I pray that today would be the day that they would be made new. I pray that today would be the day that they would shake off anything that would keep them from coming to you. God, you do that work in their heart. I can't do it. God, I trust that you can and that you will. God, thank you for allowing us to be a part of this church body together. God, may we glorify you in all that we do. Lord, use us for your glory. Make us more like you. Build us up in your holiness. Thank you for Jesus. We ask this in his name. Amen.